hail our fair Riverdale. Register. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Riverdale Register. My name is Caitlin. My name is John. Andy Cohen couldn't be with us today. Yeah, he uh, sends his love. He says that we are two of the best podcasters in history. Yeah. And... He has good judgment on a lot of things. Yeah, and uh, it's always good when he gives an endorsement <laughs> to a small Riverdale podcast. Yes. So, so anyway, <laughs> we're starting out this episode so strong. <laughs> I, clearly, it's been a long season. It's been a long season. I just went to bar class. John just had an acai bowl. We're very L.A. Like, what is acai? It's like a fruit from... Brazil, I think, um, and an acai bowl is basically Froyo's woke cousin. Yeah, yeah. From the Overheard LA thing. Did you see that too? <laughs> no, but I heard a great line, which is, um, LA is, uh, is like shitty heaven and New York is great, is fun hell. Yeah, I retweeted that. And I'm telling you guys, now we know the ending of the Eagles song, or we know that line in the Eagles song. He was thinking to himself... That this could be heaven or this could be hell. No. Hotel California, it's shitty heaven. New York is fun hell. Get it? So we've got some new reviews. Yeah, I'm really tired of you we guys. we got one new review. Do you want to read it? I do. I do. I've come around. Five stars. Cheryl's Red Lipstick. I ended up finding this podcast fairly early around their fifth or sixth episode. It's since become my favorite of the Riverdale pods. Aww. Thank you. She Good. really needed to hear that. I really did. Good insight and detailed recapping mixed with some pretty spot-on theories. That is the biggest compliment I've ever received. Excellent chemistry between the two hosts. High five. You heard that, guys? Yeah, high five. Um, and you can tell they actually enjoy the show even when it's at the most ridiculous. And I think that's really accurate. And speaking of most ridiculous, this, this episode. episode. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow. So, well, first, should we talk about what the title is? Uh, that's where I was hoping we were going. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, it is called Primary Colors, Chapter 28. No, sorry. Chapter 29. Yeah. Primary Colors. Um, and I've heard this movie title before, but I actually didn't know what it was about. Um, it's a Mike Nichols film uh, from 1998. It's based on the novel Primary Colors, a novel of politics, and apparently it's um, kind of like a cloaked retelling of Bill Clinton's first presidential campaign in 1992. Um, and originally it was published anonymously, but then they found out who it was. So that's weird. Um, the movie stars John Travolta, Emma Thompson, Billy Bob Thornton, Kathy Bates, Maura Tierney, Larry Hagman, and Adrian Lester. Um, and honestly, this movie sounds fucking crazy. Um, and it's basically, yeah. Of course, it's relevant because politics. Politics, yes. The central theme to this episode, which was written by James DeWill, who wrote Chapter 9, La Grande Illusion. Do you remember what that one was about? La Grande Illusion. La Grande Illusion. Um, That's the one where Archie uh, hangs out with the Blossoms all episode. And it's all a grand illusion. Um, I guess... Because they, they make it seem like they're not vampires, when in fact... <laughs> they're not vampires. They're vampires. No, it's the only no, way... Hiram Lodge is a vampire, 
Because vampires famously buy up real estate across town. <laughs> right. Apparently that is a real plot in Dracula. It's just not what you know Dracula it's for. It's not what Dracula is like famous for. He also wrote chapter 20, Tales from the Dark Side. Which we obviously know as the three-parter mm-hmm. that explained everything we needed to know about the Black Hood. You guys remember when uh, Cheryl sent a, sent a cow's heart to Josie? Because uh, she wanted to possess Josie. That's coming back. Is it? It is, I swear Boy, to God. Boy, that would have been a great excuse to send her to a mental institution this episode. That's coming back in, if you watch the preview for next week's uh, Nana Blossom, not Nana Blossom, Penelope Blossom is like, hey Josie, remember how Cheryl was fucking crazy? Yeah. It could have come back in this episode instead have. of conversion therapy. It could have, but let's not analyze what this episode isn't. And so let's anal- analyze what this episode James is. James DeWill is, is also <laughs> the executive story editor across all of season two cool. for uh, Riverdale, which means that he uh, uh, is roll-off and interlaps with the head writer. He helps develop stories with writers, ensure scripts are suitable for production, works with writers across script drafts, and gives feedback on their quality. Basically, it's a step above staff writer. Yeah. He's doing well. It was directed by Sherwin Shalotti, who is pretty new to TV directing. He's done a few shorts, but most recently he's done two episodes of Lucifer from this season. And he is... Uh, actually, I'm not sure if Sherwin is a man or a woman, but Sherwin... Uh, but they are... Uh, this is their first episode of Riverdale. But they are killing it. You go, Sherwin. Sherwin? Sherwin. Good job, Sherwin. Sherwin feels like a guy's Sorry. name. It, I think it is. Sorry, guys. My dog is being a little cray-cray today. Um, no. I had to buy her CBD. She's like that every time. She's like this every time. But now I'm medicating her with marijuana, so it's fine. <laughs> you mentioned that. Yeah, your dog gets yeah. more high than you do. Yeah, because I get no high. <laughs> Um, she was just, she was very active, and mm-hmm. so I went to the pet store, and I was like, help me. Mm-hmm. And they were like, obviously, obviously, Yo, guys. we gotta get this dog some <laughs> weed. Well, it's funny, it's like, obviously, um, you know, exercising her is really important, and I usually take her on pretty long walks, um, but it's been really rainy, obviously, in LA, and I think that's why she's gone a little stir-crazy, so I took her to the pet store, um... And they recommended some CBD oil, which when you buy it, says on the bottle, it's like it has a dog on it. And it says for dogs, cats, and humans. (laughs) And I was like, okay. So I guess I could just buy drugs now at pet stores. But you could still take her out for walks when it rained. Yeah, but she doesn't like it. She doesn't go out. She just stays put. Oh, okay. Yeah. God, John. Obviously. I don't take my princess precious baby angel out when it's raining. I assumed you were the one refusing to go out in the rain. Wow. I mean, I don't like the rain either, but no, Stella really hates it. So, uh, Caitlin, which which story should we start with today? Wow. There's about five of them. They're all five. Betty has a scary speech. Veronica has a stupid speech. Mary Andrews has a great speech. Jughead is hungry. And Cheryl isn't crazy. Okay, so the Jughead thing is the most insufferable, mm-hmm. so let's do that first. Okay. Jughead is on a hunger strike to protest the closing of Southside High. Okay. I just... Ha- okay, first, like, I'm going to start with the positive. <laughs> Cole Sprouse is an excellent Jughead. <laughs> he does such a good job. It's not... It has nothing to do with, with his portrayal of Jughead, Whatever, the route that they chose to take Jughead on this show 
is actually unbelievably accurate to so many people that I knew in high school and college. So I can't really, I don't have any complaints about even the realism of this storyline. My thing is, if I went to Riverdale, I would fucking hate this version of Jughead. This, like, like thinks that everything is his crusade, even when the people it's actually affecting are like, hey, man, get off your fucking high horse. Like, we are fine with you not being our white knight. It's, like, very, like, 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 I don't want to say white man's burden because that's not really what this is, but, like, you're fighting battles that no one asked you to fight, and, in fact, some people told you not to fight them. And then you're just doing it anyway. And, like, it's annoying, Jughead. Like, listen. Listen to the people around you. Listen to the marginalized community that you think that you're a voice for. Because you're not, dude. You literally, like, maybe you grew up on the South Side, which, like, we have questions about. Um, Because (laughs) did you not go to South Side High but grew up on... It's very confusing. But I, I just... Jughead's insufferable. Like, he's an insufferable person. And rant. The only time he's not insufferable is when he's with Betty. And, like, they're being cute. And then I like him. And I think that might be because Cole Sprouse is, like, coming out a little bit more. Like, the uh, human being inside of Jughead (laughs) is coming out when he's with Betty. Um, And I don't know what's happening. And that's all. I'm just very... Just somebody fix Jughead. (laughs) Josh is not talking because he knows that I'll, I'll keep going. And Jughead fans, please don't bash me on Twitter for this. I'm just trying to get Jughead back to being a normal human. Please talk me on, John. <laughs> what she said. Yeah. So Hiram winds up suspiciously concerned about this hunger strike. He asks Archie about it. He's like, ah, this kid's an idealist. What, the school's just going to reopen? No, I'm a realist, Archie. I build private for profit (laughs) prisons in small towns in upstate New York. He has Archie hand deliver a notice of demolition for the school, which is too soon. You have to have multiple weeks of notice instead of one week of notice of this kind of thing. Is that true? Do you know if I factored you know that? That's what they say in the show. Yeah. So I guess in the in the text of the show, this is wrong, and I don't know. Can the gov- the government who for all for all I ever knew, the government in this town is literally two people: the mayor and the and the sheriff. And they don't have a mayor. Right <laughs> they don't now. have a mayor right now, so I don't know who he bought off for this. Yeah, <laughs> Sheriff Keller is looking very guilty though. <laughs> We did see him. Yeah, we have. Oh, yeah, he was in this episode. Very uh, briefly. So when they're together, Archie tells Jughead that he honestly thinks the prison would prevent tragedies like his father's shooting. Okay, that wasn't a tragedy because not only did Fred Andrews survive, Archie now gives zero fucks about Fred Andrews. So. Which brings us back to something we said earlier this season. Fred probably should have died. He should have died. It would have made more sense. I mean, I actually, Fred is my favorite character right now. But, but. we would be thinking about this a little bit differently. Right, that's true. If Fred died, I would be like, oh, like, yeah, I see where Archie's coming from, if that makes sense. Uh, Jack had time out, like, oh, I'm going to save the school. Then Archie has a great line, which is, why do you care? You went to Southside for four days. And everyone else at home was asking the exact same thing. So Jughead says Southside is 
Like, he grew up here, and it's the last tangible piece he has of his mother, his father, and Jelly Bean. Who are all alive. Yeah, they're... They're alive. They're alive. You're, you hang out with your dad. You live with him. You pick up a phone, call your mom and sister. What are you talking about, man? Also, can we just talk about really quick Jughead's history? I don't get it. So he grew up on the south side. And then... But he was all, he grew up on the south side, but he was always best friends with Archie. Mm-hmm. And, and Betty and all that. Mm-hmm. So then he went to... Riverdale High School. That's right. Wait, is there one elementary school and two high schools? Does not seem like not a thing. Mm. You have all the facts. Yeah, I don't. Okay. <laughs> like, cool. No, yeah, that's one hundred percent it. I don't get it. Apparently, okay. like I get the whole. Like maybe if he started high school and became friends with Archie. Nope. But that's not what happened. All their lives, best friends. It's so confusing. Because their dads knew each other. Right. But their dads went to the same high school. (laughs) I don't get it. So So Southside High School is a relatively new high school that just sucks. So they basically... Here's my headcanon. They opened up Southside High School sometime between Fred's graduation and, like, the kids being born. For all of the hooligans, that offensive, <laughs> on the south side to go so that they wouldn't bother, like, the good people. And Jughead's home was directly on the south and north side border. Like, literally, like, like one side of the trailer's on one thing, the other side of the trailer's on the other thing. I'm betting that FP lied about, like, where they lived to get Jughead into the better school. That's a good idea. There we go. That's a better headcanon. That's less confusing. <laughs> no, no, no. I like yours. It yeah. feels more for the show. <laughs> like he could choose and... So Jughead like brings up this at their fake Dungeons & Dragons club. Just play D&D, guys. You're going to have a lot more fun. Uh, and the servants are like, yeah, we don't really care. That school sucked. Tony's a little like, why? Why, Jughead? Like, Why? <laughs> Like, nobody wanted to go to Southside High. No, nobody liked that place. Yet, Jughead manages to convince uh, everyone except Tony. She's busy in this episode. Uh, <laughs> she's busy. To, like, fight uh, for, their, for their school. And Sweet Pea's there. Been a while, Sweet Pea. How you, how you, how you doing, doing bud? Could you about how Tony just wants to be a cheerleader and, like, wants to assimilate as much as possible? And, she's, like, she's, just, she's making friends. If these other guys would just go out and talk to people, they might... Like, be yeah. okay. Damn. Uh, so Hiram later, like, gets a call and has to tell Archie that the serpents have chained themselves outside Southside High to stop them from tearing it down, like, three days ahead of time. Makes no goddamn sense. Not smart, although Jacket is making hungry decisions, so. That's true, he is. FP visits Jughead at the school later. All the kids have gone home because they're smart, and Jughead's not. <laughs> but he at least he's not. like hey man no one else is here so like let's just eat these burgers and they do FP's the best honestly this scene is solid so apparently Hiram offered Hiram told FP that among the Sodale housing there will be some penthouses oh okay also, and what <laughs> the like- Jones could live in them and the whole family could be together yada 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 take my bribe take his bribe <laughs> The private prison is fucking evil. 
Totally. But, like, dude, if you can't stop it, take the bribe. <laughs> it's weird that no one's looking for a way to stop it. Yeah, it's true. It's like, Jughead cares more about what it's doing to the South well, Side. Well, I guess back. Jughead is trying to stop it by preventing the destruction of South Side High. But, like, ah. What if they just opened up a park? You know, or or an amusement park with a water slide. Something that isn't, you know, leading to mass incarceration. We don't know if there won't be a water slide in the in the prison. That's true. I mean, Hiram Land could be great. Yeah. But it's still Hiramland. FP <laughs> turned down the offer and got burgers instead, and I kind of like that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean. Yeah. 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 <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah. At the end of the episode, there's a very well-directed sequence. Honestly, Sherwin did a really great job in Good this job, episode. Good job, Sherwin. Uh, where Archie arrives with the wrestling team in their sweats. Oh, God. Uh, at Hiram's behest, because apparently uh, if adults remove the teenagers, that'll look bad. But if a bunch of other teenagers in matching outfits with, uh, with um, what is it, construction tools come in to, like, break the chains... What is the thing I'm thinking of? The chain clippers? I don't think they're called <laughs> chain clippers. I know what you're talking about, but no. But the cutter that uh, that Archie uses. Metal cutters. Uh, Pliers? It's really not important. <laughs> Jughead tells Archie the fight isn't over, and Archie breaks his chains, and the crowd moves. And breaking someone's chains usually is a good thing. In this case, it's not a good yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Chain breakers? It's not called that? No, no one, definitely not, because that means it only has one use. Nail clippers. So Jughead decides to run for student body president with Betty as his co-president? Of course, Jughead. No, I can't do it. Hold on, I fucked that up because I'm sleepy. Of course, no. Of course, Jughead. There is no me and Veronica. Did I do it? Did I do it? It's close. It's not it's bad. It's close, right? Thank you. I tried. Can you be a co-president? Yeah, so you can. I was a co-president. Hmm. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't a president. Well, I there was an improv you, group that oh. I was like a co-president of. Wow, I I really thought this was a student body president thing. You mean for me? Did you do high school improv? It was sad improv. Um, I'm not. It was great. It was honestly like the best experience that I had in high school. It was amazing. Um, but it was like dramatic improv. <laughs> which is very like fun like it was just really fun I, like if anybody wants to tweet at me about what it is I'd be happy to <sighs> explain it to you guys but basically we did sketches to try to help students deal with issues it was like basically as close to being on Degrassi as I could get well what plot do you want to jump to next the plot where I tell you all about my dramatic improv story. Um, no, it's okay. Can we talk about the Cheryl thing? Because I feel like I'm going to have a lot of feelings. Okay, let's talk about the Cheryl thing and all your feelings. Okay. So, Cheryl. So, she, one night, Cheryl senses someone trying to break into her room. And she, like, puts a chair underneath the door so they can't get in. And the next morning, she's like, someone trying to break into her room. And her mom's like, nah, you're crazy. <laughs> it was me. Let's not have something important, like taking the syrup business from Nana Blossom, and she's like, I'm old, but I can still run the syrup business. Or she's like a steward for it. So what I guess she's mean? just... I, it's like, you're not... 
the heir to the company can take it away from you when they're when they're prepared. But since there is none right now, she's in charge. But like, I'm sure she's like not really doing anything. She's literally like a she's years just old. a figurehead. Yeah. Like the queen is of England yeah. versus the prime minister. The queen is just hanging out with her corgis. Have you seen Lord of the Rings? I saw, yes, but like not There's recently. Steward of Gondor in the, in the third one. Okay, no, I haven't seen the third one. Cool, cool. So she's like, I'm not leaving the company. And Claudius is all, <laughs> ah, come, come, mom, just have some perfectly safe and normal tea we made special for you. Definitely Jesus nothing nefarious. Christ. Going on in this tea, and the camera's close on the tea. What if the tea was fine? <laughs> like, what if they just never... I wish they'd gone further with the tea with, like, it just, there's clearly a skull in it, and then he just mixes <laughs> it a little bit, and then you can't see it anymore. Uh, Tony auditions for the River Vixens. It's amazing. It, it I mean, I could have watched that. I could have watched that. That could have been the whole episode. Mm. Uh, but also... There are pom-poms on her shoes. It's so cute! Because <laughs> why hold them in your hands when you put them on your shoes? So cute. <laughs> uh, Cheryl, Cheryl's like, well, my girlfriend's in. <laughs> Practice is over. Inner circle stay. You know who you are. That's so good. And the inner circle is Betty, Veronica, Josie, who I'd forgotten was a member of the uh, <laughs> Revixens, and apparently Tony already. So Tony's that's, inner circle. That's fast. Uh, so if you have a name, you get to stay. Yeah, that's uh, right. And she invites him to a mandatory sleepover at Thistle House. Thistle House is such a great name. Just, if your house had a home, would you call it my house or would you refer to the house's name? Uh, if your house had a name, would you refer to it by name? Um, well, the house that I lived in a couple of years ago, everybody referred to it. As the Burbank House. Yeah. And I think I also refer to it as the Burbank House, even when I lived there. Yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah, I guess I'm a Cheryl. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, do, do. Okay. At the sleepover, there's this moment where the girls are just in a line brushing each other's hair. Have you seen the Dua, is it, what's her name, Dua Lipa uh, music video for new roles? No. I said that weird, new roles. And it's like, I got new rules, I got them, da, da, da. <laughs> Okay. That's what they do in this video. It's like a sorority house or something, and they're all, like, combing each other's hair. Like, it's exactly like that. And I wonder if they took it from that video. It's weird. It's weird. So you're telling me this isn't a thing all girls do at summer parties? Actually, I've definitely done this before, but it's usually massage trays. <laughs> That sounds like dirty, but like it's not. It's just like people see it in movies and they're like, let's let's give each other massages. Let's get in a train. Okay. I learned something today. Yes, you did. So Cheryl tells the group that she's scared of being alone in her house. And I know I want all of you to also be afraid of my house. It's like, yeah, my uncle Claudius and my mom are probably plotting against me. And Betty's like, I too have someone in my house. I know. Who is dangerous. Wow, way to steal, <laughs> like, steer the conversation. Look at me, everyone. Problems. And they're all, and Cheryl's like, I'm going to let that pass. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was surprised Cheryl wasn't like, shut the fuck up, Betty. <laughs> this is my sleepover. <laughs> This is my dramatic family storyline. Well, because she wanted to just have all the girls sleep on the floor so she could share the bed with Tony. Oh, my God. But it's, like, awkward because they're, like, they're, like, I like know, it's funny. so rigid and then turn to each other and be, like, you're the only one I really wanted here tonight. That's so sweet. Yeah, but, like, 
it took them into the middle of the night <laughs> until everyone else is asleep to say that. Yeah. Uh, they almost kiss, but then Nana Blossom falls down the stairs. They almost kiss, but then Nana Blossom God, falls Nana, down the stairs. God, Nana, what a... God, she's blocking them. Yeah. Uh, she survived, much to the barely hidden anger <laughs> of Claudius and Penelope. Guys, it's been days since the will was read. You're... You can't just start killing them right away. Exactly. <laughs> That's going to be pretty transparent. Oh, she, oh, she fell. Okay. Oh, okay. So maybe just wait. But when your daughter dies next, what's your excuse then? Wait so. until Nanobosom dies from natural causes. Yeah, she's then. on her way out. You oh, Come on. I have an idea. Frame Nanoblossom for the murder of Cheryl. Two birds, one stone. I know it's so good. How... I don't think Nana Blossom could potentially kill anyone. She could anyone. poison her, John. If, wouldn't it be easier to do the other way and make it look like Cheryl killed Nana Blossom? <laughs> yes, it would. <laughs> yes, so much easier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did that not cross your mind at all? <laughs> no. No, but this is good. This is good. We're, we're problem solving. This is how shows are written. Yeah, this is good. So this is good. Cheryl waits by Nana's hospital bed. And she finds Dr. Stephen Masters, who we haven't seen since the first episode of this Stephen season. Stephen Masters and his very high neck. Very um, high collar. Collar, yes. Oh, man. That was a great episode. The first episode of this season. Yeah, real cool. Good times. Yeah, because it looked cold because there was snow. Yeah. Apparently, there is a paralyzing toxin in Nana Blossom's blood. He's like, you know, I thought it was weird because, like... You shouldn't have that in your blood. And then your parents were like, nah, it's cool. She chews on that implant all the time in her private garden. Why would you do that? That's, they're definitely on the level, your parents. Hey, there's your mom now. Why wouldn't you be suspicious of that? Oh, no, she chews on the paralyzing leaves. They don't even say there's a reason for it. It's not like, you know. Your parents just sometimes find her just chewing those leaves. Why? It makes no sense. So Penelope takes Cheryl away to what is clearly going to be the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Because Cheryl's like, Cheryl's in the car with her mom and be like, I think you poisoned Nana. And her mom's like, crazy. You're crazy. I'm taking you away. That's crazy talk. But also very on point. 100% accurate. It's real. It's real. <laughs> Tony stops by Thistle House and is like, hey, uh, where's Cheryl? And was like, she's in Switzerland now at an all-girls boarding school. Never come here again. Honestly, maybe that would be a great thing for Cheryl. I'm just saying, if it was real, which it's not. <laughs> no, instead... They just do that. She's boarding school. being tortured by the nuns of the Sisters of Quiet Mercy with pigtails. I mean, I'm sorry. She I mean, conversion therapy. Which is a very bad idea. Okay. For the for the show. And also anyone. The optics is just they're not gonna this isn't this isn't gonna go well. So basically I'm really upset about this whole thing. Um I'm nodding vigorously. Yeah, John is like nodding like very intensely. The I think the problem with it is that it's like one, okay, can Cheryl just fucking live? <laughs> like can she have like any any happiness at all? So that's, like, problem number one. Problem number two is, like, okay, we finally had Cheryl, like, come out. We finally found her love interest that, like, was also interested in her romantically. Um, And we had, like, we have 
two, like, bisexual characters on television that now only have misery. And it's just like, what if we weren't, like, showing how miserable it is to be a bisexual teenager and instead showed that, like, actually, you know, you can find happiness and, like, be okay and, like, you know, love Simon the shit up. (laughs) And I know that there are many people who, if they come out to their parents, like, maybe stuff like this would happen. Maybe worse things than this would happen. Yeah. And I'm not saying that we should totally erase those storylines, but at the same time, it just feels so, like, hopeless or something. And, like, I don't know if we want to show teenagers in this, like, you know, queer teenagers having such, like, a... Like, I just feel like so many gay storylines are, like, look how hard it is to be gay. Like, people are going to be so mean. And, like, this is exactly what that proved. And, yes, Penelope Blossom is evil, so... Like, it almost would be better to me if she was just so evil, but not so evil because Cheryl is, like, bisexual. You know what I mean? I just kind of wish she was in a mental institution for something other than conversion therapy. I just feel like that's a very traumatic storyline to, like to go into like conversion therapy is real like it's a terrible thing that happens it's happening less and less and more states are banning it but it is like a very real very dangerous um horrible thing and i I don't know it it doesn't feel like it's going to be told from like a realistic place it's gonna it feels like it's gonna be told from this like gothic horror place and not saying that that shouldn't ever exist, but it just feels like with everything that Cheryl has been through, maybe she could just, like, like, this feels, like, almost, like, too real, but also not real enough. Does that make sense? Yeah. But, like, it feels like it's, like, they're trying to push it to a <laughs> they place. They used a thing from the real world, and real decidedly does not take place in the real world. So it's very disconcerting to have it here. And yes. be this thing, but then they're and also, for have it be portrayed in the gothic manner of right. Riverdale. Exactly. So, I I applaud them for trying to tell a story that I'm sure that they know is like important to tell. Like, you know what I mean? Like about I, Cheryl coming out. Well, about Cheryl coming out and because about she saw Love Simon. Because she saw Love Simon, uh, which we saw and loved. And. There was a very powerful scene when Jennifer uh, Garner tells yeah. her son Love that. Uh, <laughs> Simon. The Simon family respects him and loves him. <laughs> love Simon, my son. Uh, <laughs> oh, but anyway. You're, you're still you. You're still love Simon. <laughs> Never going to get over it, huh? Yeah. Um, I'm living with this. This is forever. Forever. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, I think it's important that we show that there is still a lot of discrimination and prejudice and violence against the LGBTQ community, but I also feel like sometimes it's nice to show people being happy in non-heterosexual relationships. Like in Love, Simon. Like in Love, Simon. Y'all should watch Love, Simon. It actually is. It's amazing. Good. It's so good. I was worried it wouldn't be. No, it was great. It was honestly like my favorite movie of the year, I think. Where would you like to go next on this crazy train of episode? There were five plots in this episode. We can talk about my least favorite one, which is the Veronica episode. The Veronica plotline of the episode. Veronica. So, Hal is interviewing Hermione Lodge uh, at their place. For some reason, Kevin's there. Uh, Hermione does some spins, like, oh, the prison's going to be great. We're going to have jobs and economic growth and more people moving to Uh, town. uh, Oh, and Annie Cohen is here. 
Yeah, so Andy Cohen is here, like yeah, from Bravo. No, 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 they actually announced him as Bravo's Andy Bra- Cohen. Yeah, speaking of Housewives, Bravo's own Andy Cohen is here. He walks into the shot. There was no establishing shot saying he was there. <laughs> he just appeared, which has me thinking that at any moment in this show from now on, Andy Cohen could just walk into a scene. He's always there, always hanging out, <laughs> always waiting. Just needs to be introduced. Like a vampire needs to be invited in, Andy Cohen just needs to be introduced. Apparently on his show, his radio show or his podcast, he mentioned that he loves Riverdale and would love to be in an episode in Greg he Berlanti. He a talk show. You know this, right? I don't know. Yeah, okay. But well, yeah, he, I thought he had a podcast. Maybe he does. I don't listen to it. But he has Watch What Happens Live, with that, which I definitely do watch. <laughs> um, live. Not live. You I don't do. watch Watch What Happens Live live? I don't. I don't. I never have. But Watch What Happens Live basically brings on celebrities and asks them questions that make them uncomfortable. That's literally the point of it. It's great. All right. That's the Eric Andre show, though. Yeah, not quite as uncomfortable (laughs) as that. So. Sure. Well, anyway, Greg Berlanti was like, I can get you on this show. But the... They had him as himself. They had him come in and be like, Hermione's really going to turn this town around. Which means they're implying that Andy Cohen is pro-private-for-profit prisons <laughs> moving into small towns. Yes, it is. And on top of that, he is appearing in person to support her during an interview for a newspaper. There's no video of this getting around town, no TV crews. This is in Hermione's home, and people are just going to read in the newspaper... And then Annie Cohen walked in. <laughs> Maybe like, well, that's good enough for me. Annie Cohen supports her. Andy Cohen, like the Andy. I hope they just don't clarify that it's like the Andy Cohen. That they, it's just a. Andy what do you mean? Cohen. He says Bravo's own Andy Cohen. Bravo's own Andy Cohen. It's honestly like I'm totally okay with Andy Cohen making a cameo on this show. Fine, totally get it. Everyone needs to do favors for friends sometimes. The thing that. I... Like, what they should have done was shown Hermione and Andy at, like, a coffee table or something, chatting, and she's like, thank you for coming into town, Andy. I really could use support of my best friend, Andy Cohen. Bravo's Andy Cohen. Um, And he's like, you're going to make a great mayor. Okay, my limo's here, bye. You know what I mean? Like, it could have been like that, as opposed to, like, the weird, like, float in, float out thing that they did. Like, I'm fine with him making an appearance on this show. I think Riverdale needs a local TV station for them to, like, do ads out of. They need a Joan Calamezzo or a Perd Happily in this town. Who are those humans? Oh, watch Parks and Recreation. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Hermione tells Veronica to uh, keep her head down in school and not draw too much attention to herself. Uh, So at school, Ethel pulls a glee, and throws a milkshake on Veronica. Okay, she does not throw... Let's let's talk about what this is. She does not throw the milkshake. What she actually does is she gives, like, a five-minute speech holding the milkshake, and then she throws the milkshake in her face. Veronica, honestly, was just stupid enough not to move out of the way. I mean, it's true. When you see someone walk up to you threateningly holding an open cup, you... You die for cover. Betty does have a really funny line, though, later. She's like, I mean... She She brought it all the way from the set of Rise. I mean, Pops. (laughs) 
Yeah, so she's also in Rise. She's also in Rise. She's busy. She. It's interesting because Rise is all about naturalistic acting, so she like she looks like she's just laughing, having fun. Whereas Riverdale is all about constructed acting, and like you are a character, you are not a real person. No real person has acted like this. It's two very different speeds. And both shows are very Glee esque. Shannon Purser, right? Is her name? She's very good. Yeah, she's really talented. Uh, Reggie is running for student body president. Can we just take a moment to talk about how very handsome he is? Very good looking. Wait, he has like this like lip thing. I'm like, you were meant to model. You were meant to be still. It's weird seeing him act because you just want him to stand still. Exactly. Like you're meant to be still. You're meant to be admired. The uh, to note the um posters he has is like a really interesting drawing because it's like it's somehow meeting halfway between the comic version of Reggie who is a yeah. white man and and TV Reggie like they like they took they I don't know I think they they made an interesting bridge there uh, but he sees Ronick and has this line I hear you got a face full of dairy I've got some nuts to top that off if you want what the fuck imagine like cool oh I mean this episode's sweet let me see my line <laughs> It oh. was just the one. Just that? Okay. He um, he correctly points out that, you know, oh, is Hiram going to be in the jail he built? Because, like, he should be in jail. He was also just in a jail. And, uh, you know, your mom should probably be in jail, too. Yeah, Unless there's going to be a woman's jail, then she's going to be in that jail. And Does then, he say that? <laughs> that's everything he's saying. It's like... As soon as he says the dad thing, the audio does, like, right. that, like, muffled. But, yes, that's what he's saying. That's so funny. He's like, your mom should be there, too. Unless they're building a woman's jail, then she should be in that one. And then Veronica punches him, and he falls to the ground. Well, first she does the Dark Betty thing where she curls her hands into a fist. And I thought it was going to be like, oh, now Veronica is doing the same nail in fist, th- nail into the palm thing. That Betty does, and then I thought it was a good twist that, like, that was how they set up the shot, and then she punched him. Oh, I never for a second thought that's what was happening. Really? No, that's what I thought. Because why would someone else, why would Veronica have Betty's mental illness? Exactly. It shows how different Unless it's are. something that jumps from person to person. That's such a cool idea. Let's There's a that. demon in town. That's right. That's good. That sounds cool. Like the like the joke about how the demon that was in Miley Cyrus jumped into Katy Perry. That's so funny. That's why they have the hair. <laughs> That's so funny and terrible. So, I... Episodes ago, a long time ago, I would have been all for Veronica punching Reggie and he falls to the ground. But Veronica was is 100% in the wrong in the entirety of this episode. Yeah, Veronica's... Every decision she makes is wrong. Veronica's actually been in the wrong for, like, most of the season. Most of the season. Yeah, Veronica... I don't understand her. I don't think she's a good person. I don't think she's trying to be a good person. I think she's just trying to suck up to her dad. The moment, I don't get it. The moment she said she was in love with Archie, she trapped him and has been dragging him down with her as well. Yeah, totally. I hope, they can, I hope he can find his way back. I'm not sure about her anymore. Yeah, I don't think Veronica's a good person. So... Like, I, I've... She's the Ivanka Trump of the show. Oh, God, she is. She decides to run for student body president, and Jughead has a priceless eye roll at this, and she asks Betty to be her VP. Uh, and I think Betty might be in love with Veronica. <laughs> Not anymore by the end of this. No, but uh, she's so excited. She's like... She knows how much Jughead dislikes Veronica at this point, point. 
And she's like, oh my God, Veronica, of course. Of course. Like, I'm going to be your running baby. BNV. BNV forever. Veronica has a kissing booth for her campaign, which is super gross. And super tone deaf. She's like, the cupcakes are from New York, but the lifts are homegrown. And Archie's right next to her, clicking as, like, the counter on how many people came up, which is so weird. It's so weird. Also, the lifts are not homegrown. What does that even mean? Yeah, you're from New York. You're also from New York. Those cupcakes don't look like Magnolia cupcakes. So Ethel calls her out for sexualizing the election. She says, it might get you the boys, but not the girls. Which, okay, Ethel, come on. We all operate on the assumption that everyone in this town is bisexual until explicitly proven otherwise. At least I do. (laughs) In fact, it would have been funny if the line for Veronica's kissing booth had men and women in it. Who's not going to kiss Veronica? I would do it. Yeah, Even if she is evil. Yeah, I mean, I've kissed eviler people, (laughs) so it's fine. You know who you are. Ooh. You see, all of of her exes listen to this podcast, but like really angrily. Yeah. Like, ah, let her go. (laughs) (laughs) no they don't so uh veronica tells ethel was like no hey we're good your dad's gonna get a job offer real soon for the prison that my dad is building you know my dad who ruined Uh, your father yeah uh then she goes to josie and uh asks josie to endorse her campaign and josie's like hey i kind of hate you she's (laughs) like hold on wait what if i told you that i know andy cohen (laughs) And then Josie's like, okay, this is, this is word for word. Okay, my ears are perked because I never miss an episode of Watch What Happens Live. Did you know that he hosts <laughs> Watch What Happens Live? Last week I made a joke about how teens, you know, are super excited about real estate plots. But I truly <laughs> forgot the gold standard of things teens love, which is Andy Cohen <laughs> and Watch What Happens Live. The teen audience for Watch What Happens Live is just... Huge. My mom loves. I just know teens love Bravo these days. I mean, I guess people like the Real House. I guess like teenagers, some of them like the Real Housewives, but it's definitely more of like a twenty-five-year-old thing. I think it's even older than that. Yeah. Well, parents love it too. Yeah. I think my mom likes Bravo, but she doesn't even like the Real Housewives. Once you stay in and start like drinking wine on the weekends instead of going out, that's when it's for old souls. Old souls, yeah. Old souls. (laughs) Who don't care what they're consuming. You should go out more on weekends. Right? No. Anyway, Veronica gets her on board because she's like, you could be on Watch What Happens Live. Imagine Annie Cohen being like, you're... (laughs) Are you famous? In my high school. Okay. Um... (laughs) Hi. (laughs) Hi. Well, imagine what the lodges have over Andy Cohen. Oh, God. They might own 50%. What could Andy Cohen have to hide? What skeletons are in his closet? Oh. Oh. Watch Kathy Griffin's interview. Okay. No. It's probably fine. So, Josie endorses Veronica, and they sing together in front of everyone. I don't know what song they're singing. Archie's even playing the guitar. I forgot about... His music, I think he did too. He did. Yeah, he's in the background. And then Ethel comes out, hanging out, handing out these flyers, which are just Veronica defamation papers. It's very cruel intentions, which I like. Yeah, it's kind of awesome because it is. It's all factually true about things Veronica is complicit in. And Betty walks out on her, and then Ethel goes up next to Josie, and they like they like high five. Basically, Josie's like, "Nice job using the information I gave you." And Ethel's like, "I got you," and I love it because. 
I'm going to assume that Josie was bullshitting about Watch What Happens Live. <laughs> like, oh. oh, yeah. I never miss an episode of Watch What Happens Live. <laughs> you got it. You really convinced me. Yeah, I'll help you. It's so funny. You think that she's just I, like I playing her? Yeah, I think she's fucking with Veronica. The youths love it. What can I say? <laughs> Hermione finds out about the presidential race and is like, Veronica, why? And then Veronica launch, latch, launches into this impassioned speech that is the dumbest thing in the world. She delivers it well. Like, all the actors are very on Because point. she's out there facing the ramifications of her parents' actions. But maybe if she's president... They won't look at her like she's the daughter of criminals or a criminal herself. You're right, because this is how I look at the president today. <laughs> Don't look at me like my dad who's taking over the town. Look at me like the girl who's taking over the school, <laughs> is what she's saying. Also, we're just not really in a place where we like the president these days. <laughs> like, just saying. She calls their plot a holy war. And thinks being student body president would be a shield against everyone out there who hates them. No, it makes you a target. It makes you worse. It makes you right there. Oh, you can send letters directly to her. Everyone has contact information for the school president. The other thing that I don't totally understand is, is there something deeper than the prison plot? Like, is there something deeper to it? Is there there another layer? Yeah, does, like, Veronica know something that it's going to be really good, but for some reason she can't say? Like, it almost feels like Veronica is, like, I know that this prison is also going to, like... She has nothing to hold back anymore. Like, unlock the curse that's going to break <laughs> the spell and... And get the demon out of Betty. Exactly. Like, I don't... Like, I don't get it. Like, why would Veronica give a fuck? Why would Hiram pick Riverdale for this? cheap is it though yeah i guess it's just like he's a very public figure he owns a huge company real press should be in town talking about this i mean the prison hasn't been built yet i know but like it's announced the new york times should be showing up and being like Hey, that criminal guy who was in jail recently right, came to insane. a small town and wants to build a prison there. And he said it was research when he was in jail. It does seem like a really like big thing BuzzFeed would do, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. investigative report or something. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, do you want to go with um, the Andrews family or the Cooper family? Andrews. Cooper should be last. Okay. So, <clears throat> Archie and Fred are arguing about the prison, and Fred's like, you know what? I am severing all my ties to Lodge Industries. I'm Good. done with Sodale. I'm done with all of that shit. So he, like, meets with Hermione, breaks up with her, but, like, this time business-wise. Because yeah, he remember broke up with like her romantically last sex? season. I still am waiting for Hiram to, like, try to kill Fred. <laughs> Not gonna happen. I just, I don't understand Hiram. Um, and she's like, you know there's going to be lawyers involved. And Fred's a little bit like, oh, I know a lawyer. I know the the lawyer. Because <laughs> Mary. Yeah, Mary's Mary lawyer. Andrew comes back, and thank God, I didn't know I needed her this badly. Yeah. <laughs> so she, was, she wasn't upstairs. No. She I had left she, town. I guess. Uh, but she quickly notices Archie is uh, being a little dick. <laughs> and uh, she's like, oh, I'm going to need some parenting. So 
when they go out for lunch, she uh, checks in with him and be like, are you uh, being uh, manipulated by the lodges? He's like, no. <laughs> what? No. Come on, Mom. And, um... She's a really great person. No, he calls Veronica an amazing person. He's like, she's an amazing person. I'm like, you need to redefine amazing. You don't know what that word means. You just like her because you slept with her a lot. Yeah. She's a beautiful human figure. Because you loved her and she said, I love you back. And honestly, I don't really see much of an emotional connection there because none of you talk about your fears or insecurities or needs or anything like that. You're just always solving problems. Yes. Yeah. No, they're not. They're not a couple. I. Re- I really actually could root for Reggie and Veronica in a weird way. Uh, the lodges make it difficult for Fred to pull out of of the deal. Uh, <laughs> okay. And uh, then at dinner, there's a great scene. Archie is disrespecting Fred, and then Mary kind of lays down the lodge. Oh, she's amazing. She's like, hey. Fuck you. <laughs> Your dad worked construction, just, just like breaking shit uh, throughout high school. He broke rocks. Because his dad was sick. And then he kept doing it to afford the house you live in and the food you're eating right now. Your dad uh, built a company from nothing. He had a vision for Riverdale and involves maybe not making a privet prison <laughs> the only good job in town. And you can side with Hiram, who, by the way, fucking sucks and won't let Fred out of their contract, but you're going to respect your dad. Yeah, I love her. New power couple. It's all amazing, but, like, why aren't you living here? Yeah, because I don't know why they broke up. Because clearly you're in love with him. I think... I think it's probably one of those things where Mary was like, I want to see the world. Riverdale's too small for me. I'm a lawyer. There's also, like, no jobs here. No one needs lawyers. Desperately need her as a series regular. So, basically, she was like, okay, let's figure it out. Uh, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go to Chicago, have my affair with, uh, what's her boyfriend's name? You made him up. Yeah, I forgot. It was something vaguely, uh... Vaguely Hispanic? Ethnic, yeah. Yeah, because he's from Spain. (laughs) Like, um, like, like Sevilla, whatever you say. Um, he, his parents have like a really beautiful house, um, with orange trees that they go visit sometimes. It's a whole thing. In my head, it's like a very, it's like an under the Tuscan sun thing, but in Spain. Um, but anyway, so I think that she went to explore the world and then her boyfriend was like, Mary, I know that you are not happy here. I don't know what accent that was. Yeah. <laughs> and and then he very kindly said, go be with your family in Riverdale. Wow, so she happened. didn't even have agency in her own plot in your head? No, she did. I just wanted to make sure that we knew that the guy was really nice. <laughs> that he wasn't like, you know. <laughs> that we, the audience, don't deserve to know he's real. Exactly. So Hiram gets Archie to get the wrestling team to go to Southside to remove the serpents. And Archie's like, sure, sure, sure. But you got to prove you're loyal to me. For a second, Hiram's like... I don't have to do fucking anything for you. Yeah. And then Archie's like, let my dad free from this contract. Hiram, like, rolls his eyes, like, ugh, fine. fine. So Hiram uh, frees Fred, and Mary decides to stick around because Fred is running from mayor. Thank God. Hey, um, who mentioned a mayoral race subplot? You did, John. Oh, my God. When did I say that? Months ago, John. That's crazy. I'm really crushing it with the back half of this season. Yeah. Um, also, me. Could we talk about me being accurate? About? All the things? I don't know. Chick, for example. 
But he, he not being, is a Cooper. He's not a Cooper. He's Alice's son. It's not a Cooper. He's a whatever. Oh, what's Alice's last name? I don't know. Snake. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Alice Snake. Oh, let's jump over to those uh, those those dang Coopers. So like, Chick is Betty's half brother. Yeah, Alice is just like, oh no, I had an affair. So that's what's going on here. Yeah, obviously. Which explains why Hal had a problem immediately with the kid. Yes, of course. I mean, though, you know, like, also be accepting of people who aren't your biological blood, but that's fine. But, like, dude, it did not need to take this long to get to this reveal. Yeah, no. Kidding? And then he, like, smiles like a creep over Alice's shoulder while she hugs him and, like, cries a little bit. I like Chick. I'm so over Alice. I'm so into Chick. Honestly, Harden did great work this episode. Yeah, no, I think he's great. I think Chick is honestly so much fun. So Betty comes home to find Chick and Kevin hanging out. Like, Kevin, what the fuck? Yeah, no, it is a little what the fuck. <laughs> Kevin must be lonely. He's just like, oh, I decided to throw you under the bus because, like, gay guy friend. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it's not so much that Chick does anything to anyone to, like, take over a house. It's just that everything he does is incredibly creepy. Right, that's the thing that I And that just repulses people. That's the thing that, like, I I hate to say it, because I'm sure I would not be comfortable with him in my house. But, like, at the same time, like, he's not really doing anything that bad. Outside of the murder, that is to say. Yeah, and then I remember that, but also... But, like, if that guy never showed up... Like, it would be fine. It would just be like, oh, my roommate sucks. Right. And also, did we ever find out if he bought drugs from that guy? Is he a drug addict? We never know. know. They're pulling that guy's car out next week, so. So we'll find out. So Betty um, threatens Chick in his bed with, like, a lighter and a scary speech about how crazy and dangerous she is. Like, every person who's... Who I've gone up against in this town. Not only did I defeat them, they're dead. Which is true. You're dead, chick. She didn't do any of it, but yeah. I mean, like, she, in a way, like, led to the capture. Well, yeah, she just kind of learned the truth about these guys, and then they died. Yeah, it wasn't really... Betty didn't do much. Someone should be investigating Betty. I like the idea of a show about a woman who finds and not necessarily kills, but... Like, takes down bad men. Oh, a woman who might get revenge Is on she? people who've wronged her in the past. Jessica Jones. A show like Revenge. Well, yeah, but Sorry, some... Emily Van Camp. I love Emily Van Camp. I love The Resident. Anyway, Riverdale. <sighs> I'm Team Chick. Why? Because Betty's really being insensitive. I'm sorry. I was, like, not... On Team Chick last Chick is a murderer, Caitlin. (laughs) Okay, you know what's really going to happen is that they're going to have the flashback and it's going to be Alice who really killed the person and Chick defending her. Why would they hold off on that for so long? I mean, maybe. Potentially. Probably. That's the only reason why they wouldn't show it happen. But, like... Also, I really think Chick just has a lot of problems. Great. Send him to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. <laughs> no. Send him to the farm. That fixed Polly. 
whatever Polly's situation was. Just... Alice calls out Betty for threatening Chick and... Which is fair. I'm sorry. That's really fair. Yes, it's fair. And she also found the wig. Oh, this was bad. And Chick's like, Betty wears it when she has sex with Jughead. That made me want to kill myself. Not actually. Sorry to be insensitive. And then he's like, how did you know that? He's like, I just guessed. No, you didn't. Okay, that's disgusting. You knew. But also, yeah, he did know. Alice is thrown... She decided to, like, go to Betty's room and be like, hey, are you practicing safe sex? Because those, um, those, those, those yeah, well, Jones men. And Betty's like, oh, my God, you an FP? Like, is FP yes. Chick's dad? And she's like, I can guarantee you he isn't. Okay. Do you believe that? Yeah, because why? But then who would be Chick's dad? Tall boy. Really? You're not going to go with the Keller theory now? Yeah, no. Can you imagine? Kevin and Chick starts having, like, oh, oh no. you're a Keller. That would be bad. You're right. Um, I think it's weird that they would throw this, this no, it's definitely not FP's kid in here like that. Because it's, like, the first thought. And that means that Alice cheated on Hal with, like, multiple people. Right. That's the weird part about it. Well, we know the kid's not Hal's. Yeah. So Alice tries to justify why she's protective of Chick because he's been alone out there for 25 years. Yeah, I get but, that. But, like, he killed a man. But he did. It's implied that he killed a in, man. In self-defense. In the text of the show, he is a killer. In self-defense. We don't know that. I don't think so. Yeah, in self-defense. Why would... I don't think Alice would protect him if Oh, just... but Chick needs us. Oh, he's just... So in need, so Honestly, pathetic teen, out there. Chick, John. I sorry. cannot believe you right now. <laughs> I feel like you're doing this just to mess with me. No, I just I am too, Chick. That can't be. Why? Because honestly, what does he bring that you're like? Oh, I'm just I'm just glad this character's here. I you know this show's really better for having <laughs> Chick here. I never said that he's better for having Chick here. It, I, I just think that in the terms of moral, like. Betty versus Chick. Like, who's right in this situation? Chick. Betty's threatening him with a lighter. What if they're both wrong? They are both wrong, I guess. What if Polly's right? What if Polly Polly just got the fuck out? She got the fuck out. Yeah. And so did Betty, actually. Betty ends this episode. That's right. She gets the fuck out. Because she's like, hey, maybe I tell everyone about that guy you killed. And he's like, there's no evidence against me. What about all these things you did? To be fair. I'm scared of you, Betty. And then I'm the audience, like, but they cleaned up all the fingerprints and the hair and stuff. And, like, the body's gone. It's decomposed. So, like, there's no evidence against her either. No, the body's not. Do you think the body's gone, gone? It's in, like, a couple of weeks. And, like, remember, they added an extra week because, like, they jumped forward a time for the Love, Simon release date. So. Oh, yeah, there we go. That's the clincher. I ever f- okay, so we're gonna go into my psyche really quick, okay? I my my nightmares, the nightmares that I have on a regular basis, are about me killing someone. <laughs> okay, just listen. Okay. The, the nightmares that I regularly have, the ones that scare me the most, are I have killed someone. I know I have killed someone. I have not told the police. It has been weeks. I know that if I do tell the police, I'm going to be fucked. Um, But if I don't tell the police, I'm going to have this unbelievable weight of guilt for the rest of my life. And that is my nightmare. 
and it's just terrible. And sometimes it's like I know, I never know why I killed the person. I don't believe you have the capacity to kill a person. I don't think I do either, but I think... It only makes sense if it's an accident. Well, I think that... In my dreams, sometimes it is an accident, but that I don't tell the police on time, and then I'm just fucked, like, if I tell the police, because then it looks like I killed them on purpose. You know what I mean? So, anyway, so, this Betty plotline's really stressful for me. I think it's because I have a very guilty conscience. Like, when I when I do something, I think about it a lot, and I, I have a lot of guilt. You shouldn't feel that. Yeah, guilty. thank you, John. Um, but, you know, but if yeah, I killed someone, like, Even I for small things, I know you... Yeah. Take blame a lot. I do. Exactly. This is a therapy session, actually. I'm not... How does that make you feel? Bad. Guilty. And, and how does that make you feel? Bad. Like Betty, actually. Take some notes. Why don't you lay down on the couch? Let's talk about this. Oh, no. I'm holding the dog. Okay, then. Therapy dog. Therapy dog. She honestly is very calming. <laughs> and, yeah, so Betty asked to move in with Jughead in the trailer. He doesn't have to live with Chick. I just... Sure, good idea. I just can't does, Where does FP live? In the trailer. So that's a very crowded trailer. Do they have a shower? I assume so. Okay. Then I guess that's fine. It's a large trailer. Yeah. I've never seen the back half of that trailer. That's true. It's kind of amazing that trailers could be moved. You know? Yeah. I mean, I guess that one can't. <laughs> It looks pretty stuck to the ground. So, um... So that's the episode. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of argument going on in the Betty section. Um, who... Let's go through some superlatives. Prom queen. Did anyone not suck? Uh, Josie. Josie gets prom queen. I think Ethel. I agree to disagree. Okay. I think Jess, Josie played Veronica like a French violin, though. A French violin? A French violin. Okay. Prom king? Kevin? Oh, hell no. Oh, Jake. Screwed at Betty over. Never. <sighs> no one was great. Everyone kind of sucked. Fred? But that's a chaperone, so no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally no one. FP? Nope, chaperone. Ooh, that'll be hard. Sweet P? He's just silently in support of... Yeah, of, <laughs> he's just trying his best, you know? <laughs> like, he's just helping his friend out. Yeah. Uh, for chaperone, I'm going to give it to FP. Yeah, he was great. Or Mary. Yeah, she's pretty good too. Yeah, maybe Mary over at you for me. You can share it. Um, yeah. Who do we throw onto the bus? Can we make a list of people? Yeah, everyone. Veronica. Archie, Veronica, <laughs> Chick, Betty. Uh, yeah. Kevin. Everybody sucked this Andy episode. Cohen. Aw, uh, Andy <laughs> Cohen. He was just trying to be helpful. He doesn't know. It's not good for Andy Cohen's brand to defend somebody who, like, just got out of prison, right? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Not really the best cameo. No. If he had, like, been with Mary Andrews and been like, I just love this girl. Right. Then, then like, it would have been like, he's on the side of the angels. Yes, but, but no. No, you know he is not. <clears throat> All right, take me to the rumor mill, Caitlin. Okay, um... So, if FP truly isn't Chick's son... Chick's dad... I'm going to say that it's another one of the serpents, and it's going to be somebody we met, like, tall boy. You know what's super weird? What? Ever since Black Hood, there hasn't been a... Or now, now that it's revealed, there's no central mystery to the show. Now that we know what Hiram's up to and Black Hood's gone, there's no central mystery. There's nothing to theorize about, like, before. 
Um, and we could theorize what's going to happen next week with how is Betty going to get out of the murder thing? Um, They're going to find the car. I don't know. Man, maybe she pins it on Chick. And then he goes to jail, and then yeah. he seeks revenge. Sure. Do you think the black is still out like, there? Uh, if he is, why has he been laying low? Yeah. Probably. I hope so. I hope they bring that story back round at the end. But I don't know. Um, I'm more interested in Cheryl's plot for next week. Yeah. There's been a shocking amount of consistency between last episode and this episode. They can pick that up. Honestly, if next week we're billed as it's a heist and we're breaking Cheryl out of the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, I would be so on board. And then, like, it would end with them, like, driving off real fast and, like, Tony kisses Cheryl and they go to the sunset. And, like, they plan to, like, now let's save the town. It would be awesome. But... That's not going to happen. You don't uh, know. Could. I don't know who Tony is going re- to recruit for her mission to save uh, Cheryl. Probably Josie, because they're like BFFs. Apparently. Um, you want to go to Comic Connections? Yeah, let's do it. I got three. Um, Alice Cooper is uh, in the comic. She is virtually identical to Mary Andrews. That's so funny. Except with blonde hair. Uh, her maiden name was Smith. Oh, not Snake? Not Snake. Okay. And uh, in some earlier comics, she had different first names. Uh, at one point, it was Helen, and at one point, it was Millie. Okay, I hate both of those. <laughs> well, then be glad she's not named those. Yeah. Uh, she and Betty have the closest mother-child relationship. <laughs> she is a friend of Mary and Hermione in the comics. She is a warm-hearted and beautiful woman. So well, I got a half right. <laughs> uh, always there for Betty and proud of her while willing to help with her problems. She wishes Betty were less of a tomboy. She's a tomboy in the comics. And envies the Lodge's wealth because she wishes she could afford to buy Betty nice things. Aw, that's not at all her, but that's fine. Then we got Mary Andrews, who is a typical all-American suburban mother uh, with the red hair that Archie inherits. Uh, She's more tolerant of Archie than Fred. In early years, her hair was white, and she was less slender, but all the parents in the comics were actually made more youthful as the years went on, because the art style got more detailed, and you could, like, show yeah. age in more simpler, in a, simpler than just, like, old person. Right. Um, Fred was the main breadwinner for the family, but in the later years, she became a real estate agent. Okay. And uh, she is often the only one keeping order among the family, even though she never loses her temper with Archie. Oh, she's great. And the last one we're going to talk about is Ethel Muggs, which is a roller coaster. Ethel Muggs was originally named Ethel Dinkelhoff. Okay. She's also nicknamed Big Ethel. Don't like that. She was a tall, unattractive, homely, somewhat boy-crazy girl with a huge infatuation for Jughead. Aww. All because Dilton Doily once had her go use his electronic mate selector machine and told her that Jughead would be a perfect mate for her. Yeah. So she tries to appeal to him through his appetite. Old Betty and Veronica comics would even would often feature real recipes that in the comic Ethel makes to try to make Jughead fall in love with her. That's sweet though. Weird, but sweet. Uh, Betty, Mako, Betty and Veronica once gave her a makeover. The comic, like, made her look all curvy and pretty. That's funny. And Jughead was still uninterested. Because he's not interested in anyone. Right. She has also dated Dilton Doily and Archie one time. Wow. 
Okay. One day, oh, she had a pen pal, but she was so non-unconfident in herself that she sent him a picture of Veronica Aww. and said that was her out of shame. Then That's he so visited sad. and met Veronica, and he found her incredibly vain. So then when he finally met Ethel, he told her that she was the most exciting girl he ever met, and Veronica couldn't hold a candle to her. He thought she was the most beautiful girl in the love. And Aww, beautiful girl in the world. That's so cute. She also has a poodle named <gasps> Clementine. That's so cute, too. <laughs> all of this is cute. And those are all my comic connections. I love that. Aww. Clementine. <laughs> poodle. I love dogs. I know. Wow. A lot of episode. A lot of stuff. A lot of episode. Yeah. So, Caitlin, what are, uh, what are, you, what are you excited about these days? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I'm seeing Unsane this weekend. I'm kind of curious about that. Uh, I haven't seen a single trailer, and I hate the title, and I hate the posters. I hate the title, and I hate the poster, too, but I think uh, I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. Gonna, I'm going to avoid that one. What about you, John? Something I'm excited for is that uh, we're going to Paley Fest Yay! this weekend, where we're going to go to the Riverdale panel, and uh, I don't know, get a microphone and vent. No, probably not. It'll be fun. I, yeah, it'll be interesting to see them live. So, Caitlin, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at RileyTweets. That's R-E-I-L-L-Y tweets. Or you can find my dog at Stella the Mystery Pup on Instagram. That's Stella the Mystery Pup. What about you, John? You can find me on Twitter at John Patton. And you can find me on my blog, Catcher in the Rye. Rye is spelled W-R-Y. I wound up writing a whole thing about... Uh, like being able to emotionally connect to characters who are different than me. Yeah. Uh, you read it. You must yeah. have. You liked it on two forms of social media. Uh, <laughs> Good pun in your title. Oh, your thanks. Blog. I forgot to say. You it. never say that. I'm sorry. I forgot. <clears throat> uh, see you guys next week for another exciting episode of Riverdale. Maybe one a little bit less crazy than this one. I hope not. <laughs> Over and out, River Vixens.